Let us pray. God of love and hope and mercy, open our hearts and open our minds to hear your words to us today and always. Amen. Happy, wow, there was, it's on now. Happy Christ the King Sunday. Today we boldly proclaim God's beloved Son as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And if you're like me wondering why we need a specific Sunday to proclaim this, we'll get there. But first, let's understand what this feast means and where it is situated or where we see it in the big picture or in our liturgical calendar. After today, we shift from ordinary time or the season after Pentecost to Advent. So this is like the longest time where you, we've kind of just been trotting along, learning and hearing about Jesus. And, and now we're going to be changing into this a new year, a new uh, lectionary year as well. We'll be moving from year A to year B for those who are interested and keep up with all of that. Um, all of that good stuff on, on just how you interpret and how we use the lectionary. You'll notice that the Advent wreath will be up front over here, and every Sunday of Advent it will be lit by a family, the altar, our vestments, everything's going to be changing. And hopefully more noticeably by you, my hope and my desire is that you will also see a change in how our lessons will shift. It's like New Year's Eve for the church calendar, for all of those who are, consider themselves very liturgically, um, I, I don't want to use the word nerd, but you know, the, the, yeah, okay, yeah. Those of us who, you know, who really follow along with, with what's happening and what, what it all means. And we'll, we'll transition from the teachings of Jesus and his interactions with the disciples to his birth story, the arrival of the Savior. And now because, again, I don't like to assume everyone knows about this feast day, and also, I, not that I, maybe I needed to be reminded because I didn't remember observing this feast day until I was in seminary, uh, maybe I was just too focused on the other parts of the liturgy to, to notice that, but I decided to do some research about this. Uh, because a part, like I said, I, I was wondering, don't we always proclaim that Christ is the King? Don't we live into that every day? Is that not what we do every Sunday? Did I miss something? Did we, didn't we establish this over 2,000 years ago? And surprise, surprise, the, the theological experts, also known as Google, told me that this feast day was established actually not too long ago, in 1925 in the Roman Catholic Church. And essentially, it was to remind the people who their allegiance was to during the reign of a king or a man. And because Pope, Pope uh, Pius XI felt there was a rise in secularism that was attacking the Catholic Church. And therefore, after that, other Christian denominations also uh, went along and adopted that, including the Episcopal Church. And it sounds like this response was out of fear for what could happen to the church if a statement wasn't made. But we can save that message for another time. I don't want to get into the, that part of, of, the, of our uh, church polity. And in my opinion, it was a political response from the church. And if a political response 
then I would think that this is very relevant to all of us today. Our messages, our sermons, our ministries serve as responses to something. Jesus' actions were a political response. And now in scripture, Jesus does not claim to be the king. It was actually a title given to him by the oppressors who ultimately crucified him. Our lessons today rather show us the kingship of Christ, the many ways in which Christ is the king. The prophet Ezekiel quoting from the visions that he received from the Lord saying, I myself will search, will seek out, will feed with justice. And then Paul and his letter to the Christian community in Ephesus connecting the church to Christ, working towards fullness. Reminding the Ephesians that though they, them as individuals and as a church, they work with Christ, God is who put his power to work in Christ, and therefore Christ is above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And then our gospel gives us this different image of the Son of Man coming in glory and all his angels with him. It's more of, of an image of a a visual image for us of what is to come. And the, but this gospel reading is also part of Jesus' final discourse where he is with the people and the disciples and we could say that this is kind of like his, his last teaching to them. Or the parable that he leaves them with, right? And then leaves all of us to interpret, which we know is not that easy. The lesson here shows the kingship of Christ and that we are invited into this way of being that Christ the King has modeled for us. Come you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, to receive as an heir. We focus so much on why the goats seem to have gotten it wrong or on the scatological image of end of times ending that we sometimes lose focus on how we are also all called as the sheep who inherit this kingdom from Christ because we receive Christ into our lives. It is about living freely to do the will of God, not only with our lips, but in our lives and how we love and how we serve and how we meet people where they are. Loving because Christ loved us and not as a result of fear or anxiety. Here at Trinity, one of our longest standing Leyland ministries is our evening prayer ministry. Now there are many parts to, to, to evening prayer and I think sometimes we, we, don't, we forget about them. And so I kind of want to briefly just mention the, the, the different, I guess, um, parts, moving parts of it. There's the officiants and there are greeters who come every day, Monday, Monday through Friday, to welcome all those who want to come into our church at 5.30 for evening prayer to pray together. Of course we need the officiants and we need the greeters. And there are also many others who share their time with us who gather weekly to make sandwiches, who give of and finance this ministry. 
We are making sandwiches almost every Sunday and Tuesday now. That's my plug that we are having. We are making sandwiches today too, so please join us to do that. And it's not because we are afraid that if we don't, God will not bless us, or because that's what it's, what's always been done here. No. It is out of a love that if you ask any of the greeters or anyone who comes to make sandwiches or who officiates evening prayer will tell you that they want to nurture with, with a meal and also nurture spiritually. It is because we know that as theologian Henry Nowen reminds us, we can only work for the liberation of the people if we love them deeply. We love deeply when we listen and are open to learning about others. If not, we would not truly be seeking the justice and dignity of our neighbors. A few, a few weeks ago, I participated in a podcast that, that discusses the lectionary and our assigned gospel is for, for Christmas. So we kind of pre-recorded all of this um, so that it'll go live in uh, just a few weeks. And so we, we talked a little bit about Luke's story, uh, about the birth of Jesus. And we did just what we do when we prepare to preach. We ask questions, we look at the text, we wonder what others have said about the text, we look at history, what was happening during the what was happening in the text. And then we just kind of let the conversation flow. And we were asked two questions after we read the gospel. Who in our communities is there no room for? Who is our church? Who in our church is there no room for? Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And that's, that's kind of after we had read that, the gospel, that's kind of where those two questions were coming from. And then there was a, a huge silence from all the guests, including myself. So I hope they edit that from the recording because it was quiet. But there was a silence because the question was so heavy, I think, for all of us. I think we all had more than one answer. And to do the conversation any justice, it just felt as if we needed to focus on one thing. Now, mind you, that, that, that is how I interpreted everything happening. The host just asked the two questions, and then I kind of just created all these narratives, sometimes not helpful. Um, but it just felt like our responses mattered a lot and required more thought. And I thought, well, I can think of, of those who don't speak English or don't know how to read, write, or to use a mobile device, and who I just recently discovered can now not go to the zoo because tickets are only sold online or in person using a QR code. I could say that there's no room for those who identify as LGBTQIA+, or our neighbors at the border from Venezuela, Haiti, Moscow, or I could say those suffering the loss of life due to wars, or I could say our unhoused neighbors in our immediate community here. And so I was just really struck by those questions and, and ultimately went 
with our in-house neighbors and how we respond and the things that we do to welcome others into our communities when they are missing at the table. And so I want to end just asking you the same question as we celebrate Christ the King, as we prepare to enter this season of Advent, who is there no room for? And how do we change that? Because we must authentically enter into the stories and the lives of others. Theologian Roberto Goizueta reminds us that we will continue to marginalize others when we do not seek to understand them. Their relevance will continue if we are not intentional. How do we welcome the stranger out of love and not out of fear? Now one defines it and says, working for social change means to make visible, vis visible in time and place that which has already been accomplished in principle by God himself. This makes it possible to struggle for a better world, not out of frustration, resentment, anger, or self-righteousness, but out of care, out of love, forgiveness, and gratitude. May we all continue to make room and to seek the justice of every human being. Amen.